Hello and welcome to the latest episode of the Pedagogy Matters podcast. The purpose of the podcast is to bring to the fore some key topics of conversation in relation to learning and teaching, to discuss, to break down aspects of practice and provide snippets, advice and guidance as to how to integrate these into our daily practice. Today, I'm delighted to be joined by Anna Stiles and Caroline Jarvis from West Lothian College. Anna, Caroline, how are you? Hi, hi, Johnny. Good, thanks. Thanks. Hi. I'm Anna, by the way. Hi, I'm Caroline and yeah, I'm good to it as well. Thank you. Thanks both. So this is a bit of a different podcast how I've done previous whereby we've got two guests so we'll be kind of vying, vying to talk and yeah so it'll be a bit interesting there. But today we're going to look at outdoor learning and the specialist pedagogy of the outdoor classroom and obviously this is a project that's been going on in West Lothian. So Anna I think you're going to kick us off by telling us a bit about what this is. Okay um, so in, a, in terms of our outdoor learning over the last couple of years we've really developed our outdoor learning pedagogy um, and this really came about uh, through our self-evaluation process and in dialogue and conversations with our partners in the local authority. We worked really closely with our partners and uh, they had approached us and asked us specifically what we were doing to ensure that our practitioners were skilled and understood the pedagogy behind outdoor learning before they transitioned into both placement and ultimately to becoming practitioners. So really the journey began with us uh, identifying as a team the, the most appropriate site to locate a forest classroom on our campus and we are quite fortunate in that we do have quite extensive grounds around the campus. So we um agreed on an area that we could develop uh that you know has some trees lots of ground there was lots of potential that we could see there and it started off really by engaging with students across the college and we um asked our uniform public services to assist and volunteer in clearing some of the land around the campus we also engaged with our facility staff who really did a fantastic job in supporting the early development of the area um, building as a fire pit putting fences around ensuring the site was secure um, building as a mud kitchen and lots of out, um, external out, lots of resources to allow us to have then uh, encourage children to come on to site. Um, so that's really where it started and um, how it's developed from kind of the, the early days, which is about two years ago now. Yeah, that's our first question in terms of so it's been in place for two years. What, what are we right to assume it's evolved over that time as well in terms of it's grown or a bit's been added to that as well? Yeah, it's definitely evolved since the initial. So since that initial point where we identified the land, um, the staff within childhood practice then obviously upskilled to make sure that we were um, able to deliver um, a sort of like outdoor learning pedagogy in our practice. Um, so that meant ourselves going on a couple of courses um, to try and give us those skills. But at the same time, um, the Forestry Commission, is that right, Anna? Is that who we fell under? Uh, developed a uh, um, level seven um, uh, unit in terms of forest kindergarten um, with uh, in conjunction with Juliet Robertson who is like basically the educational spe specialist in outdoor learning um, and we were fortunate to have be awarded five spaces on the very first training course for that. 
Oh, which then which then meant that we were in a position where um after sort of like the like you know towards the early part of when we had the site we could then develop an actual unit to be delivered to our hnc cohort and um, which was basically our first uh, point of actually embedding uh outdoor learning pedagogy within um a, an actual um like you know a course framework so that was delivered into um, our whole hnc cohort that year which equated to about 100 students that went through it um and basically um the feedback that we got from that from the students was that it was really well received and particularly when they went on out to practice it gave them the opportunity to sort of embed those skills as a practitioner and it was fully desirable by the local authority where most of them would then go on and get jobs um, as a result of that success over like that year and also the coming years up to where we are now we've then uh, taken that um, outdoor learning and embedded it from level four right the way up to level eight so basically all levels of students regardless of the course or the entry level within childhood practice will have some form of experience of outdoor learning within our forest classroom or the surrounding college areas so that we instill that sort of like you know pedagogy of the benefits of outdoor learning for children from the very very start so that it's a progression so that what the learning level four is then built upon in level five level six and then when they get to hnc to do the formal sqa unit which is the only unit so far in Scotland it is actually a recognisable unit qualification that you can get certificated for um, so we've developed like you know non-SQA units as a result of that. No that sounds fantastic and there's so many questions there I kind of want to unpick and I guess the first one is you've talked about you've used that across multiple levels of courses which is great so I guess within that what benefits have you noticed then from your level four learners up to level eight in terms of them engaging within obviously the outdoor learning outdoor classroom throughout their programs so particularly with the lower levels and in, in relation to like level four and level five this is the first year that we've fully sort of embedded that within their courses and i would have to say that the feedback because obviously i am sort of supporting those levels within yeah. that with other colleagues and um, that are also delivering these units is that um, they like the practical element and the fact is that like when they go out and do um, activities within the forest classroom whether that be like bushcraft literacy numeracy whatever it is them building whatever the focus is of that week's session is that they tend to be calmer and they appreciate they don't feel like they're at college because although we're on the college campus you do feel like a bit um taken away from that and um, so they basically forget about the fact that they're at college and they're just focused on their learning but they also um, particularly if they've had a stressful day before they've come to college they all do say that it relaxes them even though they're learning but when they go to actually then write up their sessions or to use that within a um, like assessment format they're much able to um, relate that much more because of the practical experience that they've had. Yeah, that's really interesting because I know one of the first episodes we did as part of this podcast looked at retrieval practice and just different ways of, of aiding learners to store memory and information, sorry, information in their memory. And that's a prime example there, you know, of, of kind of learners engaging with something vocation relevant and then aiding their understanding, their articulation of that learning and content and real transfer, you know, so that's really interesting. And myself and Caroline were talking, um, pre-recording around the, the unique vocational element that students can typically receive in a college compared to studying with other providers. And this is a prime example of that. Because I guess what you're trying to do is prepare learners for their next steps and, and, and to get for the workforce. And would it be right to assume that a lot of a lot of schools or a lot of destinations that students would be progressing into 
will be doing more forest type activities compared or more outdoor learning type activities compared to five, six years ago. Is that fair to say there as well? I think that's absolutely fair to say, and particularly as a result of the pandemic, you know, that that's really kind of changed everybody's expectation in terms of classrooms. So although it had been um, more common for early years to be, you know, outside and that was kind of the norm, certainly for primary schools, there's definitely a, a shift in the, the dynamic of, you know, indoor, outdoor. And I think the beauty of, of our kind of setup is that obviously pre-COVID, um, we had uh, children on campus, so all the way from, from nursery children on campus up to primary seven, and indeed um, some third year boys. One of the projects we were, we were running was with third year boys. So that allows our students to have that practical experience in a safe environment. So they develop their skills, their interaction, their communication with children and young people before they're then exposed to the, the, the placement and also having then to um, work and understand and manage the dynamics of a team. So it really is a supportive environment for them to develop those early skills where they feel safe and supported. Yeah, and also in addition to that, I think as well with the students, particularly the younger students, not a lot of them have had outdoor learning experience themselves. They're not used to being outside playing uh, like as children because we've sort of like moved to that sort of risk averse society where like, you know, letting children just go out and play on the streets like what I would have done when I was younger, it uh, just doesn't happen. So actually allowing and ha having other uh, children from local settings coming in to work with the students, it's about like changing that and challenging that mindset of being risk averse to being much more about risk benefits to outdoor learning and, and giving them those skills that they'll need as they progress on. Yeah, and I think that's a really key bit for me in terms of, you know, the skills development, the progression, pushing students out of their comfort zone. And I guess this just just become a routine and a norm for them as part of their programme. You know, again, from my own criticism in the past, where you, when you put students in this situation, they often know, sorry, as a one-off, they often know it's a false situation. Whereas actually this is a routine, it's an expectation. And again, we're preparing them for the sector, which is ultimately what we're trying to do. You know, we're standing as expectations and when you draw in um, experience of working with younger people from primary schools and so on and so forth, that makes it more real for them as well. You know, and it, it challenging the students to develop their skills in that different context where they can't necessarily mess around with the mates. They've got to have, um, I'm going to say, a worker's mentality, you know, which is, I think is really important there. And just touching back, we said, Anna, before, on kind of, kind of a cross-college initiative, a cross-college engagement, has that progressed further then as well? Obviously, I know COVID would have impacted on this, but in terms of this type of activity or, or project-based learning or elements, um, has that worked more broadly across the college then as well, from your experience? Yes, uh, definitely. We've had opportunities to work more closely with our colleagues in construction. So it's given them an opportunity to actually, we became their customer. So we had a, a group uh, of uh, construction uh, students who worked with one of our lecturers to she became their customer and set them a brief so they've uh, provided and, and built um, equipment for the forest so you know they've just finished constructing like a, a storytelling area they've developed another mud kitchen for us and th they have lots of ideas in plans for future developments for that but there's possibilities for right across the college you know for lots of opportunities to to develop 
um, relationships and also external partnerships. We've got a number of external partnerships now. Uh, a, a really uh, keen focus is in terms of sustainability. And for us across the college, we're looking at rewilding the campus. So we're in talks with the Woodlands Trust and uh, the conservation volunteers. And it's about developing those relationships and ensuring that our students have an understanding of sustainability, the natural environment, the world and their place within it. No, I think that's really interesting. I know when we talked prior to again recording, we're talking around as many transferables here, not just for, for the child can earlier curriculum area, you know, across a piece of other listeners listen to this kind of episode in terms of that cross college work and in terms of working with local authorities, working with industry. Um, preparing students for their industry. We talked about national initiatives before as well. We're trying to get more males into early years um, and also working with local schools in a partnership. You know, so th there's many different ways. And from working in the sector in the past in England, some people would, would be quite cynical and saying, you're doing that to tick boxes. Absolutely not. This is done for the benefit of our students to help them be exposed to the real world, to help them develop and progress into whatever their intended destination is. And I'm, I'm keen to where did this idea come from initially? So kind of how did how did this come about? Was it just a, a looking out the window one day and seeing a bit of land thinking, great, let's go there? Or was this a need from the local authority? Where did this come from? Well, initially it was definitely a conversation with the, the local authority, but um, at, at the same point we had uh, applied for some funding from um, the fund, Scottish Funding Council to run a, a pilot project to encourage uh, young men into careers in early years and we thought that these two running alongside one another might be an opportunity we're not in any way saying you know like um, men would you know should be sort of kind of um, encouraged down their line of outdoor education and, and early years but what we did find is as part of the project was that um, it was really to find out about their career aspirations and where their ideas of their career pathways had been formed. And the interesting, you know, um, findings from that project was that for many of them, nobody had had the conversation about early years being an option for, for men. Uh, parents didn't have the conversations with them very often, careers guidance and, and school, and it's something never, they never kind of had considered previously. But one of the kind of key findings for us was that by third year, and our focus was on third year um, boys, was that they had pretty much made up their mind about their career choice by that age and stage. So it only kind of reinforced for us, you know, that the need and the importance and having these conversations and exposing everyone and it being fair and equal so that everybody has an idea about uh, career opportunities to allow them to, to make an informed decision about their potential career pathways. No, I think that's really key. And again, from my experience of talking to a lot of students and parents that often don't know what's out there, don't know what these jobs look like, they don't know how to get there. It's just about trying to raise the awareness of that to, to allow them to make an informed decision. No, I think that's really interesting. Because I know the first question people will have when looking at things, this is great, but how do I pay for it? So yeah, obviously we're fortunate to kind of receive some funding there up being quite, yeah, but cute with funding and kind of how we do it. But I guess from what you're saying, there's a lot of a lot of in-house development here in terms of using public services students, in, in terms of using construction students, in terms of using the estates team, 
and ultimately it's about providing a, a curriculum that meets the need of the sector which is really interesting final real question from me is i guess think about this project and can maybe think about other people who are interested in doing the same or a similar project in a different curriculum area i guess what are the principles of the project that you think has made this approach particularly effective so kind of why is this why has it worked <laughs> well first of all, for, for me for me as as you know um i would say it's worked because the staff have been really enthusiastic about the whole concept and you know we have a core team of staff who have completely embraced the idea of uh, outdoor learning and see it as you know the way forward i think one thing i would say to anyone who is interested in you know developing staff or developing like an outdoor classroom because ours is an outdoor classroom that any group in the college could access and utilize is that it, it's not necessary necessary to have the training but what the training does is it gives staff the confidence to then be able to embrace ideas and to look further you know outside themselves to look at other possibilities so the training for us was free uh, and Caroline and I both agree that it was probably the best three days of training we have had in our, our careers Absolutely. Uh, um, but it's not so much that the training is absolutely necessary, but it does give staff the confidence then to have, you know, ideas and, and see the possibilities that, you know, can lead on from this because our projects have been, you know, quite varied. You know, we've worked with the S3 boys. We've also had a, a really great project where we worked with a local primary school for a primary six and seven on an alternative curriculum. So we're talking about young people who had um you know had traumatic experiences in their lives and um the feedback from the school in terms of the project is that it really has made a difference to the engagement in the school um working with our students has also supported their young people and just in general i think the project and, and all the work we've done has provided many benefits to our community you know we've worked with local teachers we've supported them in planning their um, classrooms we've invited them onto campus and um, going forward that's you know what we intend to continue to do that sounds fantastic karen have you got anything out there i see you itching again a couple of times yeah, I think I think that I would agree with Anna. I think if it wasn't for the the team being so like enthusiastic to get involved and to like sort of drive the project and the development like you know as much as it has, then it wouldn't have been successful. But I think that also comes down to like Anna and the our managers as well that and the, uh, allowing us the opportunity to be able to develop it because particularly when we first started in relation to the forest kindergarten unit, um, there is a bit of an outlay in terms of expense for equipment because we need to have tarp sponges lots of different equipment that you need to be able to do that and that like you know when budgets are tight is quite a significant um you know cost that you're investing in an approach but i think it's paid off because that initial um budget like you know sort of like outlay in terms of equipment is still being used now like you know so it's not like it's an ongoing expense it's just the initial startup and we did do um 
a lot of it is like cheaply as we can and use like recyclable materials because you don't have to have like a major kit you just have to have enough that means that the shouldn't get the best experience they can but we always tend to um show a way of like this is what you could have but this is how you could do it with little um or no um you know so that it's not just about equipment and being really expensive it's about like how you approach it and how you embed it within the teaching um because there's sometimes we just take classes out where they're maybe just like you know completing a worksheet and things like that but we take them to the outdoor area just because it's like you know somewhere different and in a different environment so no, I think that's really useful. And I've kind of just jotted those down there. And when I'm kind of looking back at those, I'll run through them in a second, it kind of really aligns to also principles of an effective student programme in terms of firstly having a big picture with a clear vision and purpose, kind of what am I doing, why am I doing this? That comes back to kind of this project. Having the right training, you know, and often to give that perspective and a different view on how things can be done, but also to give the necessary confidence. Having some key partners. You know, so you've alluded to kind of many, many, many there. And again, the same for any kind of educational program for students. Often that links to the industry and the key partners helps them understand what they're doing and why they're doing it. And the final bit, kind of Karen, what you said there, is that kind of accountability of, yeah, well, we've bought into this. We're going to do this. We're going to own this. We're going to own this space. It's the same for students within their own program. I'm accountable for my study, my course, my program, my destination. So all those things are, I'm going to say, some very clear transferables between those principles that made this program effective, but also can really kind of make any program effective, but also the student experience effective. And I think it's kind of really interesting, but it's kind of really exciting to to hear about it and, and kind of the impact it's had on on both the curriculum area, but also the broader college. So it'll be exciting to see kind of how it goes in the future. Is there any plans to add to it to develop further? Maybe an outdoor barbecue area or? <laughs> <laughs> oh yes, we're, we're um planning on our, our kind of next area but it, the, the area is so popular that it's often over timetabled yeah. so we are now looking at our, our next potential sites on the campus but we're in a fortunate position you know we're, we are, we have land available to us so um, we've got lots of green space around us and and we actually just utilize any green space that we need at any time That's yeah fantastic yeah, well, great. Well, good luck with those next steps. And, and what I will say is thank you very much for joining me today. It's been kind of really interesting. I'm sure our listeners are kind of very keen as well. I'm sure they'll be in touch with any further questions or kind of come have a look or, or get in touch via teams to kind of see what it looks like. But yeah, Anna, Caroline, thank you very yeah. much for your time. Thank, thank you. you. Thank you. Bye.